0: Welcome to on Sports, episode number 183. Yes, it's been that long. Mark Hepsher here in Studio B, Toronto Mike in the home studio in New Toronto with all the equipment and the cast on his left hand will be coming off shortly. Not easy for an engineer. You you (laughs) could use
1: another arm, couldn't you? At least my fingers work.
0: Thank God for that. Uh, Today on the show, the question remains, or the questions remain... Will the NHL, NBA, MLB, and other sports get back to training camp? And if so, when? It's May. The weather is turning beautiful. People are getting itchy. It's not as... The pandemic doesn't seem as urgent as it was. Can we loosen some of the restrictions? Can we actually have a dream that we will see sports being played, even though there will be no fans in the stands? I, mean, I don't know about you, but I just even if they said, "Okay, come on and watch a game," I would say no. Uh, um, not unless you're six feet away and you're six feet away. You and I agree, away, and everybody's but he's wearing masks.
1: But I know we'll dive into this. But it seems like that first phase is going to be no one in the stands,
0: right? This is going to be sports with well, no spectators, yeah, for a long time until next season. I'm going to say, or maybe the playoffs, maybe that time whenever that happens. But I think if you were to say six weeks ago. That on the 1st of May, things looked like they were heading in the right direction. If we keep doing what we're supposed to be doing, then the reality is, is July seems to be a time when if teams aren't in training camp, they're getting ready to start their season. Whether it's restarting the NHL season, restarting the NBA season, starting baseball with their spring training, whatever. Most uh, experts will tell you it's going to take two to three weeks for these players to get into shape to start playing competitively. But as fans, would we say, ah, you know what? We're okay if the first few games don't look so great. They're not going to anyway because there's no fans there. So we'll be okay if the play doesn't look as great as we had hoped it would after the season ended in March, right? How do you make that comparison? They were playing high-level hockey in in March. When they come back in July or whatever, maybe it won't be so good.
1: And there won't be booing, so how
0: will we know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you'll be able to pick up the converse Imagine hearing what's going on on the bench. Now, normally it would be drowned out by twenty thousand fans and the organist and whatever. All right, but it's now you're hearing through this empty building. You're hearing, <laughs> "Fuck you, Crosby." <laughs> oh, and now, <laughs> and of course, the announcers will be sitting in a studio at home. They'll be isolated. They're they're not going to send the announcers to the studio. All right, or to the uh, in the arena. The cameras will all be robotic. <clears throat> It'll be the officials and the players on the ice. Even the off-ice officials will likely be somewhere else. Like you know, You'll get them on a beeper or something like that. They'll have a two-way communication with Toronto. They're figuring all these things out. No, but, be- but it's the 1st of May. So <laughs> a month from now, we're going to be better off. Two months from now, we're going to be to the point where we can do everything we used to do except be close to other people
1: before we go too fur- too far into to this episode uh i want to s- dedicate this episode to um did you watch cheers no oh you didn't watch cheers oh of i did who didn't oh, watch I don't know. <laughs> what kind of a question is that some people
0: didn't watch cheers <laughs> <laughs> you, but you had to know I mean, you would have been shocked if i said no friends yeah. is another story once in a no. while i would talk, but cheers all the time
1: i would have been shocked because uh, that's seems like that would be right in your wheelhouse uh i want to dedicate this episode to uh the boston red Sox reliever mayday malone
0: sam mayday malone
1: because it's mayday so uh <laughs> it is <laughs> there you go and, uh, so shout out to week, cinco de mayo I think that's the uh, the day that I speak with Gene Velitas from Jesse and Gene is Cinco wow. de Mayo. So.
0: You're gonna have to have some um, Mexican theme music.
1: No, <laughs> well, I will. I'll load it up. Some Los Lobos. <laughs> oh yeah, that, I'll use your theme. Before, <sighs> where before, was I here? Well, yeah, you want? <laughs> I was gonna. I wanted to off the top. I know. I want to get back to like when sports returns and everything, but I want to just say <clears throat> you're you're uh, gaining additional fame. Wait. Like, you're, go ahead. What? When you said you're gaining, I was going, wait. (laughs) No. Okay. So you're a famous guy. Mark Hebsher's famous. You're a television star. Everybody watched. People knew you before you had a podcast. But now you're showing up in different publications. Like there was a write-up in uh, the Globe and Mail. Now I just read a a, a big article about you in the Hamilton Spectator. Can you tell us a little bit about all the media appearances Uh, you're making in the last couple of weeks
0: uh, regarding your book, your fantastic book. Sure. Had this been a normal year and we'd be all going off to work and there was no pandemic. I don't know what would be going on with the book, but the fact that people need books to read things to occupy themselves. The timing is good and bad for me. I was supposed to go on a lot of speaking engagements. I had this week uh, gigs lined up last week too. And since they've all been canceled, I have to find another way to sell books. This is a news story, according to some people. You know, morning meetings. What do we got going on? Nothing. No games. Wait a minute. There's a story of this guy who had these, these uh, book tour speeches canceled, and we know who he is. Let's somebody get in touch with him and let's do a story on him and other people who have had to reinvent themselves. So I guess guess the story had enough weight that Scott Radley, a a friend of mine from Hamilton at the Hamilton Spectator and CHML, called me up and said, hey, what's going on with this book thing? Do you want to come on the radio show? Can I write an article about you? Long story short, Hamilton Spectator is one of the Torstar papers owned by the Toronto Star. You recall they bought up a whole bunch of these papers, smaller papers, small town papers. Uh, And uh, the print edition of most of them is kaput, but they're online. And so Scott did the story. The picture they posted of George Orton was the wrong picture, which oh, is wow. part of the whole book. Is that this poor guy was so obscure, the picture they associated <laughs> with him for 100 years wasn't even him. So what does the Hamilton Spectator do? They they get their file photo from the Toronto Star. They're a Toronto Star paper, and the Toronto Star, even though I told them twice already, that's not a picture of George Orton. They still have not taken it down. Wow. They have not apologized for having the wrong picture. And they still have that picture on file as George Orton. Wow. So, and and you've told them in the past. You've, you've, you've I've been... told them twice. Who do you tell? Like, uh, I sent them a like, copy of the book.
1: Do you send tell uh, an editor? Like, who do you tell at the top? Yeah, the stuff? public
0: editor. I've told two public editors at the Star about this. Wow. And I've also told a person that you know as well, I'm not going to mention his name, works for the Star, who had basically dissed me after I told him when he printed the wrong picture. I gave me a heads up. I said, "Look, you've got the wrong picture. You better tell your photo editor to change that, or correct it, or apologize." None of it was done. And you're not. So I got. I've had this beef with the Toronto Star just because of this, but also it's a microcosm of the larger problem, which is fact checking and admitting that you've got the wrong information and correcting it. It's quite simple in journalism.
1: Right. We've all done it before. Is it a sense that they, don't, they think it doesn't matter? Like, nobody cares if it's the wrong picture of George Orden. Like, it just seems rather, like, disrespectful.
0: Yeah, it is. It's also disrespectful to journalism. Because people believe what they read in the papers. I mean, the, the Toronto Star is supposed to be an impeccable source for news and information. W- would I be going too far in suggesting that?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. We expect them to print facts not right you know and if they realize they printed something in error we expect a retraction or uh, a statement of we're sorry this is the, the wrong picture this is the right picture
0: so here's what happened I'm on the radio with Scott Radley the other night his online story about me and the book selling had already been published so it was online in the afternoon I saw it and I saw the picture of George Orton's brother and I contacted him and said Scott you've you better call the photo editor. You got the wrong picture. And he said, it must be from Torstar because I guess the Hamilton Spectator didn't have a file photo of George Orton. And so he had it corrected in the Spectator, but the other Torstar papers did not. So in Peterborough, in Niagara Falls, in Welland and some other places, they all got it with the picture of George Orton's brother. Wrong. Right. Corrected
1: just bugs me. But did they, here's my, did they fix it at the source? Because as we know, if you don't fix it at the source, this is just going to keep happening.
0: That's right. And they haven't for years. They've been running that picture for decades and decades, mm-hmm. even though I've told them, look, look, okay, you made a mistake earlier. It was an honest mistake because it was the only photo that had been attached to him. Why would you check? Why would you suddenly go, wait, is this really George Orton? Unless someone brought it to your attention that you've got the wrong picture. So since no one brought it to anyone's attention for 100 years, <laughs> it right. never changed. And now 100 years later, here's some guy who wrote a book saying uh, it's not him. Wow. And, and it's not some, I'm not some guy that believes in UFOs are landing in my driveway. <laughs> uh, fairly respected, Right. I'm not some quack. So why wouldn't you say, oh, Mark Hepscher wrote a book and geez, you know, he's got the wrong, maybe we should get rid of that. Make an apology, make a correction.
1: Right. Retag it in the, the source, you know, uh, so that the yeah. next time somebody writes about the uh, greatest athlete people have never heard of, they don't use uh, the, his brother's photo.
0: Right. And one of the reasons I wrote the book was to bring the attention of people who thought that George Orton looked like that or something else that right. this is the story of this poor guy. He was uh, misrepresented in more ways than one. And everything, it seems, about his life that's been printed or published was wrong. And I've corrected all of it, and I basically discovered the the real guy.
1: Now, Hebsey, I got a question. Now that you're getting all this uh, newspaper, all this ink is being spilled on you and your book, have you noticed an uptick in sales? Like, do newspapers yes. have the power they used to have?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. Do they have the power they used? No, they don't have the power they used to have because there are many more sources and outlets. Back at the time of Orton, radio hadn't even been invented. Right. So... 99% of the information you got that was legit came from the newspapers, but that didn't mean that everyone writing in the newspapers got the facts correct. Maybe they didn't do their legwork. Maybe they didn't follow up with phone calls. Maybe they didn't get another source. Right. Right. But, it, Maybe but they, people left love- the eyewitness account of one person only and right. didn't find a second source to corroborate.
1: Right. That. So happened all the time. maybe this is a and good opportunity now, years later,
0: <laughs> looking and saying, wait, well, yeah, that guy didn't have it right. That guy had it wrong. What the hell were they doing? Didn't they check their sources? And of course, that information has gone on for years and years and years unchallenged.
1: So before we get back to uh, when is sports coming back and in what capacity, because I have some concerns on that front. Uh, let's just tell the people now, like if they if they want to buy this book, tell us what they should do right now in order to buy a book from you.
0: Get in touch with me via email, markhebshire at gmail.com or on social media. And tell me you want a copy of the book. I'll get you the information. $35 delivered. You know, it's $6.18 to mail a book. Uh, And that's a book that fits in in a mail slot. Right. Not an oversized package. Yeah. $6.18 in Canada. So you got to add that onto the price. Anyway, I sign it up however you want it. Personal service from me. I'm not going to ignore you. You know where to get in touch with me. I have a reputation. that's pretty good. Right. And the book is gaining some traction now from people that have nothing else to do. And now they're so desperate. They'll read anything. And they're reading it going, Hey, I didn't know about this. I got a big meeting with the CBC this afternoon where I'm pretty sure most of the people have not read the book (laughs) and maybe heard a snippet of the story. So I'm going to uh, present my George Orton story. So it'll be good because I'm used to speaking in front of people and, and, and telling the story of the book and a little bit about my background too.
1: If I may, I'm not a member of the media, but I pretend to be one sometimes on the internet. Uh, I would just say that with the Olympic year being 2021, let's assume we have the Olympics in 2021. Now is the time to get to work on the George um uh, documentary. CBC is precisely the, uh, it's one organization that really should fund this and air this and share this. They, don't,
0: they won't do documentaries about this. The documentaries nowadays on CBC have to be current. They have to be about a current issue. They're not interested in ancient history. And so it wouldn't be a one-hour documentary at the CBC. Ten-minute documentary? Short doc? Sure. Okay. Uh, A segment on the Olympics? Very possible, I would think. This guy's kind of been discovered, and there's a lot of Olympic history. Right. Well, segment and, and for Canadian sure. history as well.
1: Well, then I am fine. Then we're moving it to TVO. They get the hour documentary.
0: Actually, that's not a bad idea. I should pitch TVO on this too. He well, is from Ontario.
1: Yeah. I'm that. just saying some some public broadcaster should be mandated to share this story with the masses in visual yeah. form. Thank you
0: for that. You know where to get in touch with me. Well, by so yesterday everybody. morning I got tired of am being on tv going oh what's tsn got oh bloopers of the week bloopers of the century uh misplays of the century misplays <laughs> of the week oh a, a, a baseball game from 2015 june 2015 <clears throat> and now i'm going over to the other sports channels and it's all pretty much the same thing so i thought you know maybe the fans would like to see some exciting television from the past that's not a ball game or a hockey game right, maybe a an episode of the Hebsey Awards. Yes. So my friend Rick Ambrozik, who has a, I think he's got a super Betamax machine from 1987. What? Or maybe 1990 might've been the latest. Okay. And and, uh, he had all these Hebsy Awards that he had recorded. Some of them were in decent shape. And he sent some to me. And this one I ran yesterday, I decided I'm going to put it in there from 1986. It it had clips from a Japanese game show, which Mm. was called, Tak Takashi's Castle, Takeshi's Castle, and it was just the wildest show I had ever seen. <laughs> Nothing on North American television like it in 1986. Crazy. And we uh took it off uh a, a service called Viz News, which used to send us feeds at three o'clock in the morning, and they would be labeled like Japanese game show. That's right. all it said. <laughs> And some of the stuff was nonsense, and some. So anyway, you're scrolling through it, you're looking at the headlines, going Japanese game show. Click onto it and go, holy cow! Not click onto it; that's the wrong thing to fast forward to it on videotape. Anyway, Jim had not seen this before. Uh, Normally, with the Hebsy Awards, uh, we would put stuff together. He hadn't seen it in advance, so we would get his reaction on the air. And of course, he's laughing his ass off. It was hysterical. I posted it at nine o'clock in the morning. It's got over thirty thousand. I think over 20,000 hits on Twitter and another 10,000 or so on Facebook. Wow. And people are commenting all over the place. saying, Oh, I used to watch this every night. And it's wonderful to read this, but also people are going, Hey, with all the stuff that's going on and there's no live sports, this was nice to see as much as I want to see Bautista's bat flip a thousand times. (sighs) I have not seen this before. Right. See, I had never seen it. Mike, I was there. I was on camera doing it, but I had never (laughs) seen it. And to watch it, and here Jim's reaction thirty <laughs> odd years later was just fabulous.
1: Yes, guy, it was fun. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, hits in a short period of time. Uh, yeah, it was
0: good. Do you know why? If you ask, and I didn't ask, if you ask people to retweet, like tweet retweet this, so your friends and your followers will see it too. It's remarkable what some retweets from people that have uh, a lot of followers will do.
1: Oh, good, 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 good. It's
0: remarkable. Well,
1: you mentioned the name Rick. Uh, I I didn't know you were friendly with Rick. That's a name I recognize because he sends in, uh, you know, those FOTM kick out the jams that you did. Yeah, at, uh, yeah, Rick sends in jams. He's got one coming up on volume uh, 11.
0: Yeah, he's great. And he's got some terrific stuff. And I, I say to him, he says, I know I've got stuff here and there. And he's gone through boxes of stuff and found gems, uh, you know, that he hadn't seen since he recorded it, I'm sure. Imagine looking at something he hadn't seen in 34 years. Right. Whoa, <laughs> Hebs, he's got to have that. I wonder if he has it at home. Right. And I lost most of my stuff in a, a flood that I had in my house years ago. The basement flooded and it was ruined. And that's when you go, why did I have boxes with videotapes sitting on the floor that could right. be flooded? Who thought thinks of things like that? Sure. Um, anyway, this show, this Japanese show, was later called MXC, Most Extreme Challenge, on Spike TV. Oh. But originally we ran it on the Hebsies because we stole it from the Japanese show <laughs> Takeshi's Castle. Um, yeah. So folks, if you've got the old tapes lying around and you want to dub them over, transfer them and send them to me, well, I'll give you full credit for being a fan and uh, we'll post them. And we'll have some fun. with them.
1: I love it. I love that. You know, I love that stuff. So just hook it to my I
0: veins. <laughs> I know you do. Earlier this week, Mike, the NHL discussed the possibility of pushing the start of next season, next season, and we finish this year, until December and that it still wanted to play a full 82-game slate next year. So this follows a report that suggested the NHL will be willing to delay the opening of the season until November to complete the current one. So you sit for however long, you start training camp again, you finish your regular season, or you don't, you go right to the playoffs or however that works. You finish that season by awarding the Stanley Cup in October, and boom, you start the new season in November, 82 games.
1: This is because I had this re- i realization. I'm slower than most people, so it came to me late. But if you don't do that playoff format exactly as you should with, you know, I don't know whether they do one versus eight or the – I can't remember anymore. I don't think it's one versus eight. But whatever it is, it's a best of seven. You advance. You have to win. So you have to win the uh, – is it 28 games or whatever to win the Stanley no, Cup? There's like, no
0: way they could do a 28-game Stanley Cup playoff. But if no. they do anything no, less – round. First round would be two out of three, three out of five. You have to do something – but the final but would be best for it. Aren't seven. you afraid And it would be a year that had an asterisk next
1: to it? Well, that's it. The, aren't you afraid? And I'm I'm not worried my Leafs are gonna win it this year, but let's pretend the Leafs win it this year. Like it's, somehow it won't be the same. Like somehow it'll have the asterisk gonna be like, oh yeah, but there wasn't best of seven series. Don't worry throughout. about
0: that when the time comes, Mike.
1: I just think okay? what's the point of having it if we're not going to treat the winner like a true money. champion? Oh, money, money. Money. All right. But I know what you mean.
0: How is this going to look in the record books?
1: Right. And in the fans' perspective, like, like, I don't want to win the Stanley Cup if everyone's going to be like, well, it wasn't the, the same difficulty because you didn't have to win 28 playoff games or whatever.
0: Well, that's true. What about the well, Dodgers the way, they I don't mean 28.
1: <laughs> it's not 28. It's 16. Okay, because you only have to win the four. So it's 16 playoff games. But still, if it's not 16 playoff wins to win the Cup, somehow that's not the same difficulty. Okay. Am I doing it? So I'm just speaking as like, like why have it if the winner is not going to be given the same respect that we give. Uh, our well, does Stanley that mean Cup that Champions? the
0: teams that won it when they won the preliminary series back in the seventies, they no because that was the rule. So 16 games.
1: No, because well, the rule this year has changed. But it's a one-off change and they'll go back to normal next
0: year. You know, But you know what I mean? You, they t- won't go back to normal next year because you'll say next year, well, my team could have won it, but they started the season in November, squeezed 82 <laughs> games in into May and were so goddamn tired from the year before <laughs> that they didn't get their rest But that's that different. they should have won and didn't and that's going to be an asterisk next to that. Let
1: me ask you a different question because I know you're a big Leafs fan. You grew up a Leafs fan.
0: If the Leafs win
1: the Stanley Cup and they don't do the... Uh, I, I'll say the 16 wins to win the Cup. If that's not the case in the playoffs. Uh, like, would you want your team to win this season? Like, I, yes. I mean, okay. And
0: same value.
1: Okay. That's my, that's my worry. My worry is it won't have the same value.
0: Well, you worry too much because it's the same for every team. Same for right. every team. Ask the Dodgers in 81, ask their fans. Do they feel that they didn't really win a world series? Cause it was a strike short. Different. Season? Like the devil's won the devil's one in 95 different. or something. You when- prepare for different shit, man. Come on.
1: Okay, I don't mind the regular season being truncated. It's just the playoffs, I feel, shouldn't be truncated.
0: I'll tell you what. When you're in the midst of the playoffs, you're going to forget about all this stuff you were saying. When it's game seven, you're going to go, ah, I don't think they should win. I'm not going to be happy if they win because it'll be a tainted win. You'll be jumping off the couch like it was any other year. You're not going to be thinking about that. Stop. Working.
1: Okay. Promise me because my worry is you'll win that best of three or something. And it'll be like, yeah, sure. You won two games before the other team, but you would not have won four games before the other team because you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, wow, like you I have th- some serious
0: problems.
1: I need help. All
0: you, right. Yeah. And I'm wearing my Optimus you gotta, you rhyme need professional shirt for, help you. for this. You're worried about something that might happen. <laughs> like, honestly, you're thinking, what if the Leafs win the cup and people go, yeah, but they didn't win it during a regular season. I want a, got, I want a full playoff.
1: I want a full playoffs. Break. I want. let's go straight into the playoffs and have the regular playoff structure.
0: Go straight into the playoffs. Sure. So you're going to have a training camp to get guys back in shape for two, three weeks and start the playoffs.
1: I don't think it'll take two or three weeks. I think that, uh, what, well, I'm assuming as, as I should, that the players are keeping their fitness level and their cardio level.
0: Top. How are they doing that?
1: What do you mean? These guys are all rich guys who have a uh, proper, uh, uh, workout equipment and stuff in their homes, right? They're all they're all keeping
0: fit. They're just they just oh, have so to. You think that they're duplicating what they would have done had training camp and games no, on a, going on on a
1: fitness cardio level? Not obviously. You think so?
0: You actually think that on a game that the the night was the game was scheduled, let's say on a Wednesday night? So mm-hmm. they're going. Oh, tonight would be game night. I think I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go hard for three and a half hours no, and then ride the bike a... for two hours to simulate a game. Then I'm going to pretend to get on a plane and fly for six hours. Do you think they're going to give them three weeks?
1: You think they're going to give them three weeks to get back into game shape? Yep. Wow.
0: I do for all sports. You cannot, you can't offer these games up when people have been sitting around fairly dormant, certainly as teams for this period of time.
1: Well, if, if, if my players were not keeping the cardio and fitness level up during this pandemic uh, in the middle of a season, I would be very disappointed.
0: No, They're being told, listen, when you get the call, you ramp it up, like stay in shape. But when we call you and say training camp is going to start again, that's when they want you to get in optimum shape. The worst thing is the peaks too soon. There's no games going on and you're in phenomenal. shape. I'm ready to play. Let's go. I'm in playoff shape. Well, there's no games. Well, they should probably be be like this in two months, buddy.
1: (laughs) They should probably be like that 12 months a year, but uh, (laughs) because you're, you're, you're your peak period is so short, but, uh, Hebsey, man, uh, when do you, I know your crystal ball's working over there. Uh, when do you think, uh, they'll be permitted to start, you know, skating again and getting together to get their game this shape month. on
0: me. Yeah. This month they'll figure something out where as long as social distancing, they've been tested, you know, maybe you test them and retest them at the highest level. Cause they're going to be the ones that are in close contact with other human beings, right? Sweat, spit, all that stuff.
1: And will they have to be isolated from their family members for don't this? Know. And then That's I don't because May seems really optimistic. And uh That's a good question. And then also, what if one player during this one player tests positive? Like Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert, that one player, does that trigger a shutdown? We gotta what what does that do? Like there's so many So what a tricky what who saw this coming, eh? I <laughs> know Mike.
0: And uh you can speculate all you want, but until the government officials, health officials agree that it's okay because remember sports is the least important thing of everything that's going on agreed but at the same time what does it do for the economy what does it do for the mental health of people what does it do just to spur business you know there's a game on okay there's no fans in the stands which means they are not going to make money off the ticket sales no concessions that's that's big for the NHL, huge, of course. Not so big for the other sports because of their television contracts.
1: So what's the point then? I mean, what is the point? Uh, like w- the rush—if you can't get that money for owners in the NHL, then why not shut it down and just start anew when you can for the next season?
0: Like we've lost I'm seasons for owner.
1: labor disputes. Uh, it's if not. I was f- an
0: owner. I might have a better answer for that, but I'm not. I'm like you. So it doesn't affect me if it shuts down for an entire season. It's not up to me either. Right. I mean, if it's a business and the owner says, look, I can't, can't do anything. We've got to sell some tickets. Can we sell if the place holds 20,000 and we make sure that everyone's six feet apart Can <laughs> we sell 4,000 seats, 5,000 seats?
1: The trillion dollar question.
0: <laughs> all right um so meantime this week the nhl and the nhl players association said in a joint statement that they may be able to move on to phase two of a return to play plan which would involve reopening team facilities by mid to late may if conditions continue to progress and the way i understand it in ontario is we're still a long ways away from flattening the curve aren't we
1: i i, I mean I'd be shocked if there were any public gatherings uh, in Long May. Way. I would be, I would, I would lose right. a lot of money in a bet. Yeah. Right.
0: As it stands, the way I understand it is, you want fourteen consecutive days of falling numbers, or no increase. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, there's the other, the other argument is control. you're basically like when you're talking about this kind of activity that even anything before the vaccine is going to be highly risky, right?
0: Absolutely. And they've said in Tokyo, they've said for next year, which is July of 2021, that they're not certain that a vaccine will have been developed by then, which will have a massive effect on the Olympics, because they do depend on ticket sales and, I mean, huge. They've pre-sold billions of dollars worth of tickets, I guess
1: yeah i mean and that's the other thing anyway. nobody know nobody can say right now oh we'll have a vaccine by you know december 15th or we'll have it by february 15th so because there's so many unknown variables that all people are doing is kind of modeling these different outcomes but it's all just pre- preparation until some of these dominoes start to fall right
0: also when you do a vaccine does there not have to be double blind tests and placebo and stuff you you're doing a lot well, of testing before why it on the market.
1: That's why it takes 12 to 18 months to develop a vaccine, huh. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And the other one is, look, do we see the day where if people are going into arenas or stadia, instead of the big security pat you down looking for guns and weapons and whatever, they just stick something in your mouth to take your temperature?
1: Which is hogwash because... Uh, I would love to know the true number. I don't think even the doctors and scientists know, but what is that true number of COVID-19 positive people that are asymptomatic? They used to guess 20%. I, uh, From what I've read, it, you could probably triple that freaking number. Like an enormous number of people are positive and never have a symptom.
0: And more and more people are still testing positive now. Many, every day go where it's like, oh, 33 more people at the TTC or here or there. So we're far from being in a position where we can all go out thinking that we're pretty safe, take precautions.
1: Right. And it all comes back to something you said so wisely moments ago, which is when you look at this, this is a global pandemic. Sports is a pretty low priority. Like it's falling behind. There's many other things that we need to take care of during this unprecedented uh, time. Sports is at the end of the line. We don't, we can all watch those old, uh, uh Hebsey awards and uh sports line tapes that Rick helps us uh recover don't laugh
0: I'm not laughing that is going to be a big part of programming right that's 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 for next month when we're into June and there's no games it's like ah there's nothing to watch
1: <laughs> I think we need a sports line network or something
0: yeah not a bad idea <laughs> forget forget um,
1: tripping the Rideau Canal tripping the, the Hebsey awards
0: I think we might have some rights issues with that but who knows you never know unless you ask yes guy the NBA, Mike, is already making plans to bring players back, but a lot of executives and agents want to cancel the season now and make preps for next season. And then there's LeBron James, who's like, no! I'm canceling no season? What are you, crazy? He was the same guy that said, I'm not playing unless the fans are going to be there. We'll right. see. You don't get paid. Also, how old is LeBron? Be he might be oh, the LeBron's guy who, in his, Yeah, He's Sorry. 37 or whatever. Is he that he, much? He, time's running out on LeBron. This would be the same as... When Ted Williams had to leave baseball to go to two wars, so he lost like five years, five of his best years. This is LeBron losing a half a season or a full season of his twilight years. Not the same. Others are cautiously optimistic as the NBA is still sorting out possible venues for the season to continue. And the NBA was the first to say, if we have everybody in one location, we can restrict the spread of the coronavirus. And like you said, Mike, if someone is amongst the 40, 50, 100 people that are in close proximity, there's a way to isolate them and test the others. Anyway, the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas has been one of several suitors pitching a plan to host the league and perhaps the WNBA too, within three adjacent hotels. Some are proposing pod ideas spread across different regions. Team practice facilities have been discussed. The possibility of Disney World in Orlando, where there are basketball facilities and hotels, has gained momentum. Put everybody in one area, stage the games there, have training camp, stage the games there in a bubble, robotic cameras, no fans. You like it? No, I don't like
1: it. Players have to sign a waiver. It feels like it's a game show. Like if it just something's different. I uh, I am a Japanese game show. it, like. it's, it does. It sounds oh, gimmicky. Who's gonna get the coronavirus? So no home team. The best part of the Raptors playoff run, uh, after you know winning the championship, is that whole that whole atmosphere, man. That's the it's the Jurassic Park. It's us spilling on the streets. It's it's the fan engagement and hearing the fans go nuts. Uh, without that. I feel like it's gonna have a big
0: asterisk. I'm I just someone out there is working on a virtual fan experience right now. Zoom? Someone is. They're saying, All right, you can't put fans in the stands. Can we put cameras in various locations in the stands and make it feel as if the fan is
1: there? Oh, avatars. Can we do
0: one of those? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh no, like when they brought Tupac Shakur back to perform, right? Yeah, what was yeah, that? Yeah. It's like Or
0: how about in, in Korea, I think they, there's no fans allowed in the stands, but they have cardboard cutouts oh, yeah. of the players' wives or whatever it is oh, so that they would feel that they're
1: there. We'll do holograms, and then you reach to your, the who guy knows. beside you to do the high five, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. See, but, but it's All so right. it's so bizarre. Like, stay tuned. I mean, there are some sports fans who are just desperate for anything. I would I rather so. pause and get it right. I think like, we're
0: past that. I don't think we've got people that are like, is there anything I could watch? Please, something live. It won't be the same unless there's fans there. So golf would be the only one where you could watch and you could enjoy it right. even though there are no fa- fans in the gallery. You could still because you're watching the purity of the golf shot and and the relationship between the caddy and the golfer who have to be six feet apart and can't touch a flag stick together. Like the caddy. Actually, no, you can't have caddies. Because he would be holding the club and handing it to the golfer. The golfer would have to carry his own club. And no rake for
1: the sand traps. No rake.
0: And Adam Hadwin says, I'm not going to play unless you can take the flag stick out. Because he doesn't like to putt with the flag stick in. He wants it out. I'm thinking, yeah, right.
1: Tell Adam it's a pandemic. We're all making sacrifices. I know, I know.
0: (laughs) Anyway, amid this pandemic, sources say, this is in the NBA, fanless games could rely on robotic cameras with closer innovative angles of the action. Get right in there. Television play-by-play and game analysts would call the games from remote locations. Discussions have included teams keeping essential personnel in the range of 30 to 35 people, including players, on site. Back in early March, Mike, I watched an Italian soccer match with no fans in the stands. It was really weird, but after a while, I was only concentrating on the game and the play. I wasn't thinking that there were no fans there. Did you watch? Took over.
1: Did you watch the Baltimore Orioles game when they uh, had no fans in the stand a couple of years ago? I don't you, recall. Yeah, because remember they had the, the, the riots not. and they had that one game where... Yeah, but and probably I remember, not because I
0: wouldn't watch a Baltimore Orioles game if there were <laughs> fans in the stand, so why would I watch it without fans? Right. That experience. Right. So you heard about the Canadian Football League, what their plans are.
1: Is this to uh, get money from the government?
0: Yep. <laughs> so this is it.
1: So give me the rationale there. Like, why would they be entitled to uh, government you handouts you
0: this is a league that's desperate for money I mean they've got their built-in TSN money TSN pretty much props the league up yes but now how do you go to your owners of the Argos that are drawing flies anyway tie cats the Alouettes some other teams I guess out west they're fairly strong how do you how do you go and say we got no football this year we got no money,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no revenue coming in. Government is—is is the CFL an essential service? Not services in the right word, but is the CFL essential for Canada? Is oh. it our identity? Do we need to have it? Okay, I have a dumb question, but you might know
1: the answer. If there's no games, does Bell Media cut the check for uh, broadcasting rights? <sighs>
0: Like isn't that the question? Think, I would think when I would think when the contract was written up, there would be a provision that if no games were played through no fault of anyone, that yeah you wouldn't be obliged to pay it. That's the, the uh, thing is you got to do make goods for your advertisers. I don't know who advertises the CFL games, but I'll bet Tim you they've got a boatload. Yeah, they got a boatload of money invested. What kind of you know they they got to do make goods. They got to make it up the following season or in other ways. Wow. Wow. You know, being the title sponsor of a league that isn't playing doesn't get you much pump.
1: This is a great question because some will argue, first of all, we're speaking from Toronto, so we almost need to like put a caveat here that we we must recognize in Toronto, the cultural value of the CFL seems to be less than in other parts of the country. Is that fair to say? Very. Yeah. So it's almost like tough from this perspective, but I mean, if you're uh, someone in Regina you could easily make the argument that there's huge cultural relevance to the CFL playing football in this. Uh... I would
0: say that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to Regina and the entire province are as important as the Toronto Maple Leafs are to Torontonians and Ontarians.
1: Now there's only like a million people in Saskatchewan. I'm not trying to minimize but that. They're but... all <laughs> Rough Rider fans, <laughs> right. but
0: there are, I'm not sure that everybody in Ontario is a Leaf fan, but I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's some, some sense. Anyway, the
0: CFL, are... They want one hundred and fifty million in total from the government they want fifteen million right off the bat uh after that I didn't read too much into the details because everybody is crying poor these days
1: yeah what about and what, I what guess about Ukrainian woodbine Football
0: like, league feels that they're essential for this country
1: like where does the buck stop like does Woodbine get to go and say we need money because we don't have horse races going on uh at our venues like like is that no. is that different because I don't uh know, Mike. Yeah, great. These are all unprecedented questions like we didn't see coming when 2020 arrived.
0: But quite frankly, I will not be spending that much time worrying about the Canadian football league. There are other things to worry. About.
1: I need to know now, before I even wonder whether the government should cut that check, I need to know whether uh, the CFL gets paid anything from Bell Media in a season in which there are no games.
0: Well, there's some investigative reporting for you to do if you're really that <laughs> concerned. If you're I'm really calling wanna, James
1: Duthie right now. I have really him on If you really are that concerned. I could almost do this. He'll take my call. Hold on.
0: Oh, Rod, hey, Rod Smith.
1: Thing. I'll call Rod.
0: We're doing this podcast once a week. Imagine if we were on every day, you know, like the sports channels are. I've been watching, uh, I guess it's Sports Desk or, and Jay and Dan's shows, not Sports Desk, sorry, Sports Center. And Jay and Dan's show, right? And you're talking stripped down, people doing it from their homes. I haven't noticed anything on Sportsnet. They're not doing any sports casts.
1: Well, there's radio shows. I don't know about television. No, no, I mean on oh. television.
0: Because TSN's doing sports center. They're also running ESPN's Sports Center, and they're doing the Jay and Dan show.
1: Hebsey, if you knew how little time I now spend flipping through my uh my TSNs and my sports. You answered my question then. Nets. Well, remember, we we joked about uh the Bob McCowan tweet about SportsNet and TSN being down seventy-five percent, and we wondered, well, that's not bad. Like, you know, they only lost 75%. Like you'd think maybe they lost more than that. It's uh awful, awful times for an already uh struggling industry. Like sports media has already been kinda uh suffering cuts. We, I mean, the Bob and cut happened well before there was a COVID-19. Like what happens through this? Like what, what yeah. broadcasters are given pink slips when this is all over?
0: Well, if you're running Sportsnet or TSN and many of your employees haven't been doing much, let's say maybe they were laid off, like freelancers, whatever it is, but I'm, I'm just, I'm specifically thinking of the anchors and the reporters who don't, aren't doing much. You're doing stuff like Jamie Campbell is saying, well, I'm not going to be working for a while. I may as well go out there and do something beneficial for society. But what what happens when they say, okay, games are coming back in a few weeks. We're going to need you. Do the announcers go back to training camp? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you haven't done a sports cast in months. And now they say, okay, you're going to be back on the air soon because we've got highlights to do do they need to get back in shape too? Does everybody need to get back in shape? Not just the athletes, but during this dormant time period. Like right, is, you know, is, Jim Houston, uh,
1: is Jim Houston calling like old games from like, yeah. his living room in his robe?
0: No, no road hockey games from, <laughs> from his house. <laughs> I, I don't think you're anyway. allowed to play road Jim, hockey. There's no right games now. going on. You're not allowed to play. That's <laughs> well, another thing. You're not, unless you to live together, hockey. you what would, if it's one-on-one,
1: well, do you live together?
0: Just, what if it's one-on-one? What's the difference? I, okay. I, I'm not six. I'm further than six feet from you. I'm taking shots on you. You're in the net. I'm firing. First,
1: tell me if those two people live together. No. Not allowed. Why? Because we have uh, rules that the uh, health officials have told us in this my, city.
0: Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. You're at the end of the driveway. I'm 25 feet from you. And all I'm doing is firing tennis balls at you. And, and well, you catching them with your glove. And then they're going back on my <laughs> stick. I'm not touching the ball, wiping my nose, and giving it to you.
1: Hebsy, so you listen. tell me yeah.
0: if that isn't social distancing.
1: Listen, if I saw that, I would not call 911 and I would not what would you s- do? I would not snitch on it because I would understand spiritually that that's respectful of the rules. But I t- we had this chat er- before. i worried about the way, the way other people will right. perceive it. People will be uh, angry that you're flaunting it somehow. Like this is a time where only people who live together should be playing together outside like that. And here you are doing it. Uh, maybe this is a good time for you to share a personal story about something you uh, you did recently with your
0: son. I did. I don't live with my son. He lives about four blocks from me. And yesterday afternoon, he said, "Do you want to play basketball?" I said, "Well, we you know we have to keep distancing." He goes, "We will." I said, but we're playing with the same ball back and forth. He goes, hand sanitizer, pretty sure that the the rim of this basketball net doesn't have COVID-19, like stuff like that. And I'm like, well, are we being too cavalier about this or are we being careful? And so we decided to be careful and we played.
1: Okay, so and let we, me just be the... hand
0: sanitizer on, put, right?
1: <laughs> let me be the reporter And didn't touch here. our faces,
0: and, and then afterwards put hand sanitizer on again, so, stayed six feet away, didn't sweat near each other, didn't, no spitting. No, nothing.
1: You do not know, for the record, you do not live with your adult son. Correct. And but you, he's
0: been quarantined for the last five, six weeks.
1: All right, I'm telling you that that's technically not allowed. I'm telling you're you. You're
0: right. You're right. Technically, it's not allowed.
1: But I get it. I get it. I'm Am I a I'm a the...
0: person for doing this. No, could people see you? Like, was it a private? <laughs> no, we were down a laneway. It was a it was an alleyway in behind. All right, I won't even tell you where.
1: I'm. Uh, I get like it. Seven
0: people saw us and nobody complained.
1: Well, you know, I can't really be too. I can't throw stones in this glass house because I'm doing something which I believe is allowed, but a lot of people kind of look at it <laughs> sideways, you which is, is allowed. Yeah, because. My, 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 my Two of my children are teenagers but not adults, and they live with me half the time, and they live with their mom half the time, and throughout the pandemic, both homes have been locked down as much as possible, but the teenagers have been going back and forth, right? So I, I, that is allowed, apparently. Like, apparently, they've said that if that's your case, your shared custody of your children, they can go back and forth, and that's, like, the only exception I think they made to this rule, but... Uh, So I don't throw the stones in this glass house. But I will say, uh, you playing that basketball, I'm kind of okay with if you're careful. But I do understand that it is against the rules. Quick rant, real quick, is that I don't know why they would shut down the entire high park because they're afraid some idiots are going to go and collect uh, by the cherry blossoms. I would much rather they let us bike and walk safely in that big beautiful park and they just put some enforcement officer by the damn cherry blossoms who can rip out a ticket for 800 bucks every time people break the rule why did they fence off the entire freaking park i a compliant obedient canadian who's trying to follow the rules am pissed off and i can't even bike through that park right now
0: would you not have if it was open would you not have attempted to get as close as possible to where the cherry blossoms were. And you know, as well as I do, Mike, there are more than a few cherry blossoms in that park in different locations. Sure. Most of them are within one little area down there.
1: Yeah. The, there, there's um, that one there's hill a few that other down. Down by the Granted Deer would Pond. Would
0: you be tempted to go, Oh geez, the cherry blossom. If I just, I could get a locate, cause there are so many different But it's like a stupid tax. Why do we, you can get I'm sorry. A photo of the cherry blossoms. Or why don't you just put a cover over everything so that people are not distracted by it and show <laughs> pictures from last year. It, they look the same every year. I agree. I, I visit them look, every year. The they look the same
1: year. every year. One year. So you, can't, you don't trust people. One year. They didn't look very good. Hebsey. Uh, one no. year. They didn't look very good. I think a few years it was ago. Two
0: years ago. Yeah. Actually, they only lasted a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, not only that, but I, as I recall, because I, every day I biked through it to get the pictures, they never right. looked the same, even the t- it was shorter, but they never did bloom the no. same. Something happened. They said, but If I may, people aren't, people know what two, they know what six feet looks like. They, they understand if they don't know two meters, they understand six feet. And then typically we've been like doubling or tripling that to be careful. At least I have. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this whole idea that we find the stupid people and we make the rules to apply to, to prevent the stupid people from doing stupid things. So people like you and I can't walk through a park or bike through a park with great distance between us and other people is really, uh, uh, insulting and and, and, and and it's like we, we the lowest common denominator determines the rules let's put the fences up around this damn park because a bunch of people won't obey the rules because of cherry blossoms no man, you know how quickly they would obey if there was someone ripping up, uh, writing up $800 tickets
0: do you know how quickly the they'd be like let's disperse Mike, here's the reality, the reason you have parks is so people have lots of room to get away from other people right If you close a park in an urban setting like High Park, you force people to go out on the streets where you're much closer and much more likely to spread if you had. And -hmm. like you say, for the idiots that get too close and get an $800 ticket, there won't be too many of those people. But my idea is this, if it's a beautiful day, like it's going to be this weekend, and you shut down a park, you force everybody out onto the streets. And now it's like, where, where can we go for a walk where we're not within six feet of people? Whereas in the park, that's the easiest place to go. You know, Mike, you could put 50,000 people in that park and every one of them could still be six feet away from everyone else.
1: Agreed. It's the second largest park in the entire city. uh, Rouge park, which I, for some reason too far away, I never get to it is the big one, but high parks is that's, that's our big park, especially in the West end of this uh, city. yeah, Yeah. I just, Anyway, it it infuriates me. I love
0: that park. You know, I used to live near there too. I love it. And I think that, and I've been there where people have crowded around for the cherry blossoms. But I think if you had some enforcement to say, sorry, folks, six feet apart and this is as close as you can get or whatever. or, Or you take your picture and then move out of the way, let someone else come to that spot. Line up as we would before You don't need to be standing there for 20 minutes to take a picture of cherry blossoms. They're shooting ants of
1: bazookas. And you
0: want a picture of you and your friends, a selfie with the cherry blossoms from different angles. No, you get 20 seconds. There's your spot. Take your picture. Go. Set up designated areas to take the pictures.
1: Let's get John Tory on this show. I don't understand that one, but okay. Um, Thank you for letting me rant. Good way to
0: finish off the show. (laughs) That's it for episode number 183 of Hebsy on Sports. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. If you haven't already gotten in touch with me regarding my book, please do. It's called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Get in touch with me on social media. I'm Hebzy Man, um, markhebsher at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, purchase an autographed copy of the book. Uh, You'll have it uh, while you're still in quarantine. I can pretty much guarantee that because we ain't going anywhere so fast. (laughs) Uh, thanks. And it makes, it, by the way, a great Father's Day gift. And coming up later this month, Mother's Day. A lot of moms would like this. It's a good, inspiring story. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. You have a great weekend. <laughs> Folks, you have a great weekend too. Thanks for allowing us in your headspace. Back with another exciting episode of Hebzion Sports next week. Until then, so long for now.